All right, today we are going to talk about uh, the blessing of putting God first. Uh, I think you know we've been going through a series through 1 Corinthians, and we're going to pause this week uh, because I want to bridge off what we talked about last week. Last week we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, where it says that God has called us into fellowship uh, with himself. Uh, that there is a calling on your life, that God is calling you into fellowship. He is calling you into a close relationship. He is calling you uh, to partner with him in his kingdom. And it doesn't matter who you are or where you've been from. He is calling you into this, this beautiful friendship-type relationship. And uh, last week we talked about uh, five keys uh, for closeness with God. There, there are more than five, but just kind of five general principles that are helpful uh, in being close to God. The first one is not helpful. It's a must. And that is Jesus. Uh, if you want to connect with the Father, uh, we go through Jesus. Uh, Jesus is the only one who has uh, dealt with our sin and cleansed us in such a way that we are uh, made righteous and can actually go boldly, if you think about this, boldly into the very throne room of the God of this universe. So Jesus has done for us. Uh, we go into the throne room because of Jesus. Uh, trust has a big part of closeness with God. We know in any relationship that if there's not trust or there's a lack of trust or trust is broken, uh, there's never deep closeness. And we see this in marriages and friendships. And it's the same with God. Uh, that a lot of people find themselves distant from God because they actually deep down inside don't trust God. They actually don't believe that God is a good and loving father. They don't believe that God is for them. They actually believe that God is somehow against them or wants to squish them or squash them or God isn't really, you know, a good God. And, and you'll never be close to God until you actually begin to believe the truth. Right. And the truth is God is 100% good and he's 100% loving and he looks at you as a dearly loved child where there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ and you can trust him. You can absolutely trust him and his commands. You can trust him. And so trust is important. And we talk about making closeness a priority, which we're going to talk about today. Uh, obedience is a big one. Jesus said, you are my friends if you do what I command. And we talked about last week how, you know, if you, if you had a friend, quote unquote friend, whom every time you phoned them up and said, hey, could you help me? They're like, no. Uh, hey, uh, I need some, uh, could you uh, stop in? I, I, just no. They, they never actually listen to you. They probably wouldn't be your close friend. Uh, there is a, a role for obedience in relationship, a, a place where we're willing to serve. And part of closeness with God is this willingness to actually obey what he commands. And we should be willing to obey what he commands because we know his commands are good. You see, if you don't trust God, you think his commands are somehow set out to make your life miserable. That shows you have a lack of trust. But when you understand God is fully good and fully loving, and everything he asks you is good and loving, then it's a loving thing, actually, to, to follow God. This is why it says in, 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 in 1 John chapter 5, this is love for God, to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. They're not burdensome when you understand that they're good. And, and, they're, and they're given to us out of, out of love. And then the idea of partnership we talked about. That is uh, that close relationships or even new relationships are built around shared experiences. This is often how you fall in love with somebody around a shared experience. This is actually often how you strengthen a marriage that's weak around shared experiences. And it's the same with God. 
that we are to be sharing experiences with God. And we can do that here on Sunday morning, but God wants to do this every day of the week. Because God is at work in your workplace, he is at work wherever you are, and he's calling you to partner with him. He's calling you to join him in what he is doing at your workplace, or uh, as you're hanging out on vacation, or whatever you're doing, he's calling you to partner with him. So uh, some of the keys we talked about last week of uh, obedience with God. And I want to talk today about uh, the blessing of putting God first, and it's talking about the priority, making God a priority. But there is real blessing in our lives when we, when we do that. Now, when you hear the word blessing, whatever definition you come up with, it's just something we want, right? You hear the word blessing, we're like, yeah, I want it. <laughs> uh, because, because we know we need it. I mean, we need blessing over our emotional world. We need blessing over our relational world. We need blessing over our financial world. We need blessing over our marriages. We need blessing over our workplace. We need blessing all the time. We, we just we need blessing because we know, uh, left on our own, we tend to mess things up and things don't go easy. We need blessing. And the Bible says to be blessed uh, basically means having God's supernatural power working for you. So it means to be blessed. When God's supernatural power begins to work for you in a particular area of your life, you say, man, I was really blessed today. In other words, God showed up. God stepped in. His supernatural power has been working in this area. I am blessed. On the other hand, to not be blessed, or sometimes the Bible uses the word cursed, is to not have God's supernatural power working for you. In other words, it's just your own power. In fact, you can be even in a place where God's supernatural power is actually working against you. Uh, we see this, for instance, in, I'll start with James 4, 6. It says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Uh, the word God opposes is an action word. It's not that he looks at proud people and says, well, I'm just not going to do anything. He's actually opposing them. So there are times when God's supernatural power is actually working against somebody. And that's what it means to not be blessed or cursed. Uh, we see in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, talking to, about marriages, treat her, or it goes the other way, treat him as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. And so there are times when uh, God's supernatural power isn't working for us because we are actually not loving someone the way we should. And that, that, that means to, to be cursed or not be blessed. But we don't want that. I don't think there's anybody in here who's like, you know, I just really want to be cursed today. <laughs> uh, no. We need to be blessed. We want to be blessed. Uh, because we need it in so many areas of my life, uh, in your life. We need to be blessed. And one sure way to see blessing is to put God, to put God first. And the reality is that the Father actually wants to bless you. Because sometimes we get, we get the lies from the enemy that, that says, you know, God would never want to bless me. Actually, God really wants to bless you. Father wants to bless you today, and maybe he already has been touching you today, but he wants to bless you. He wants to bless your marriages. He wants to bless your, your financial world. He wants to bless your emotional world. He wants to bless you. In fact, uh, there are many uh, reasons why Jesus came, but one of them is stated in John 10. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That means to be blessed. That means to have uh, God's supernatural power working for you. Uh, that one of the reasons Jesus came was that we might have life and life abundantly. Or we could say, he came so that we might be blessed. That we might have God's supernatural power working for us. Even in the Old Testament, God actually gave the leaders, the priests, 
actually a way to bless, to make sure that people were blessed. Uh, this is the, the priestly blessing. And, and let me just, let's just bless all of us here. Uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. He actually gave a prayer so that people might be blessed by God. So that God's supernatural power would actually work for them. The Father wants to bless you. I hope you believe that. That God is a good God. He is an awesome Father. He wants to bless you. Now God doesn't want to bless you uh, so you can become more selfish. He doesn't want to bless you so you can become more, more selfish. But there are times sometimes we take the blessings of God and, and we become more selfish. It's true, but it's not his purpose. Uh, God does give us stuff for enjoyment. It's true. First Timothy chapter 6 says God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And anything that you enjoy is a blessing from God. Uh, James says every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. It comes from the Father. Everything that is good. Again, he is a God who blesses but the primary reason he wants to bless us is not so we can be selfish and spend all time by ourselves, me, myself, and I. He wants to bless you for kingdom purposes. Right. That you might love other people, that you might build the kingdom, and that you might be a blessing. And we see this all throughout the scripture. For instance, in Genesis, it says Abraham became very wealthy, not just a little wealthy, but very wealthy in livestock and in silver and in gold. And Genesis is very clear that God made Abraham rich. There are times when sometimes God will make somebody rich. God made Abraham rich. Why? So he could be more selfish? No. It says here, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. God's blessings, uh, he gives you, he always wants them to flow through you. He gives you talents. He gives you abilities. He gives you things that you're skilled at, and he wants to, uh, you to use them to bless others. And maybe that is, again, maybe you own a, a business, and, and you just want to say, you know, God's blessing my business, and I just want to have the best customer service possible. I want to use it somehow to bless others. Or maybe you're skilled in some area, and you want to use that to bless other people or whatever it might be. But God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing towards others. Uh, in Luke, we see this. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, or we could say if you are selfish in the little things, you won't be honest with the greater things. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? And God often works this way. He will bless you a little bit, and he says, let's see what they'll do with that. Are they going to be selfish with it? Are they going to use it for primarily their, their own self? Or are they going to use it to bless others? Are they going to use it to be a conduit to, for the kingdom? And when God sees that being becoming a conduit for the kingdom, he's like, I'm going to bless that person more. That's basically what this verse is saying. When he sees that you're faithful in the little, he tends to add to you. And sometimes we're like, you know, what can I do? I don't have much. And we sit there and we don't do anything because we're waiting for greater blessing before we do something. But God is sitting there saying, what are you doing with what you have? And that's where all things tend to start. What are you doing with what you have? 
And when you're faithful with what you have, uh, God often adds the increase. He adds blessing to it. Now, uh, I want to make this point so we're not uh, unclear in this. When I say the blessing of putting God first, there is blessing when we put God first. But just being in Jesus, you are unbelievably blessed. I mean, even if you're like a Christ follower who is like, doesn't put God first very often, but you, you follow Jesus, at least you try, and, but you're not, I mean, you're still so blessed in Jesus. <laughs> you're incredibly blessed in Jesus. And it says, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. And it goes on to say that this was his good pleasure. I mean, we are so blessed just being in Jesus. Don't miss that point today. If you're in Jesus, and you're a follower of Jesus, you, you are so incredibly blessed. Right. But the Bible also talks about another principle. This principle of when we put God first, there can be added blessing in our life. Uh, there is this thing when we put God first, there is more blessing, if you will, than when we don't put God first. And, and sometimes we, as Christians, we can struggle with this, and that is, well, I'm in Jesus uh, so I don't really have to put him first because God's going to bless me no matter what. You know, I don't need to put God first in my finances or my relational world or my time or anything because, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm blessed in Jesus, so God's just going to bless me no matter what. He might. <laughs> You're blessed in Jesus for sure. And there are times when God blesses us when it is so undeserved and he blesses us even though we're not putting him in first. There are some times that God does that. But there are a lot of verses in the scriptures that talk about when you actually make an effort and say, you know what, I'm going to make God a priority, that there is this, this added blessing that happens in, in our life. And we can fall into a similar trap with prayer. You know, sometimes people say, well, what's the use of praying because God's going to do it anyways? Actually, the Bible says uh, they don't have because you haven't prayed. God is often looking to partner with us through prayer, and it's the same with uh, putting God first. Uh, uh, blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Uh, James 4, 8 says, come near to God, and he will come near to you. That's what we talked about last week. This, this is a conditional kind of promise. Now we know God will never leave you, nor forsake you. That's what happens in Jesus. But there is this special closeness that happens for those who draw near to God, who come close to God, who put God first. When you put God first, you will experience this added closeness to your relationship with Jesus. If you don't put God first, if you put this verse the opposite, if you don't put God first, you will tend to feel maybe a little bit distant in your relationship with him. Or James 4, 6. Again, this is, this is said to Christians. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. In other words, if you're a Christian who is full of pride and you're not willing to work with God with that, uh, God is actually opposing you, perhaps, in some areas. In other words, you're not blessed, and that blessing comes when you humble yourself and, and you put God first. Uh, and so I talk about the principle of first, and that is this. If you want to experience greater blessing from God, you need to put God first. If you do not put God first, you will not experience God's full blessing. Or you can put it this way. When you put God first, you open up doors for God to bless you. 
When you do not put God first, you close doors for him to bless you. This is the opposite of Ephesians 4, where it says, do not give Satan a foothold. If you open a door to the, the world of evil spirits, you, they can get a foothold in your life. And you can go the opposite. You can open up, if you will, a foothold, if you will, for God to bless you. <laughs> when, you when you put God first, it's, it's just God is saying, I'm going to bless you. Now, let's look at some scripture here. Because you might be saying, well, I'm not so sure about this. Matthew 6. This is in context of people who every single day need uh, to find food, and they're worried about clothing. And it says uh, this, uh, Jesus says. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? And you can kind of put whatever in there you're worried about today. Maybe some of you are anxious about your health. Maybe some of you are anxious about your, your finances or a relationship or whatever it might be. Uh, you're just, just kind of anxious. And, and Jesus is saying, these are things that we get anxious about. But then he says, the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But then he says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom, not our kingdom, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And, and so this means, if you put it backwards, if you don't seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then it may be that all these things may not be added to you. That's what he's saying. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things, they're going to be added to you. In other words, you seek God first, there is further blessing. You don't put God first, you may not be blessed in that area. That's exactly what Jesus is saying here. Right. Seek first his kingdom, not our kingdom. Seek first his righteousness, to be Christ-like, to, 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 to be like Jesus in our, in our reaction to other people and how we cut care and love for other people. This is the principle of first. Uh, we see this in the Old Testament. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. The, the temple was destroyed, and uh, they hadn't quite uh, finished it off. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. In other words, these people were eating, but they were never satisfied. They, they were planting their gardens, but it's like, why does my crops suck? I mean, and, and they were like, you know, I'm working hard, 40 hours a week, and why does it seem like all my money just goes, I don't even know where it goes. I'm just broke all the time. Uh, this is what was going on. I mean, these people are like, it just seems I'm not being blessed. It just seems that God's supernatural power isn't working, working for me. Well, this is what the Lord says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Notice God blew it away. This, this God's supernatural power working against you. Why? I declare the Lord Almighty. Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. 
Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crop. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains and on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces on people and livestock and on all the labor of your hands. The whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai. Because the Lord their God had sent them, and the people feared the Lord. And so all of a sudden, these people, they, they did. They gave careful thought to my ways. You're right. I haven't been putting you first. It's been my kingdom first, and my way first. And, and it says, these people repented. And then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. These people said, you know what? I'm going to put you first. And all of a sudden, God says, I'm going to be with you. And things turned around. And this can happen in our lives. I mean, there are some times when we keep, like, we're just like, why is it key? I just keep banging my head on the wall in this area. Uh, give careful thought to your ways. Uh, why does it seem that, you know, I'm making all this money and it just goes? Like, where is it going? Give careful thought to your ways. Why is it that you're working so hard and just the results maybe aren't there? Give careful thought to your ways. This is what the message of Haggai was. Put God first. This is the principle of first. Again, we see this God building this idea right from the beginning. In uh, the Old Testament law, the Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. Right from the beginning, in, in the law, under the law, the rules, part of the Bible, uh, which we're no longer under, but God gave these rules as a training ground. Just as when your, your kid is small, you have lots of rules. And hopefully as they get older, you have less rules, right? Uh, it's the same throughout the Bible. God began them, uh, started training them very young, and he began to train them in putting him first. And one of the ways they did it was they always uh, consecrated their firstborn and brought them to the temple so the firstborn would be blessed. And they would take their firstborn animal and it would be brought to the temple to be sacrificed. It was always the principle of first. And these commands were not to make people miserable. God wasn't like, you got to bring the firstborn to me because, you know, I'm giving you these rules. No, it was because God is saying, I want to bless these people. And so I'm going to give them some rules. Put me first. And it open up, open, uh, opens up doors for me to bless. It was all about the Father's love and the Father's goodness. That's right. Exodus 23, bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. Or Nehemiah, we also assume responsibility for bringing to the house of the Lord each year the first fruits of our crops and of every uh, first uh, uh, fruit tree. And so this idea that people would always bring the first, uh, the first of all to God, because God is to be the priority, because this opens up blessing uh, from heaven. We see in Proverbs 3, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, the, the first fruits of all your crops. Then, notice this is one of those if-then statements. Uh, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. In other words, God again is saying, when you put me first, it opens up doors for blessing in your life. We can even look back to the very beginning of, of Cain and Abel. It said, now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the first, uh, brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, 
But on Cain, his offering, he did not look with favor. And of course, this is highly debated about, you know, why did God not look on favor, uh, with favor on Cain's offering? Why did he like Abel's offering? I have my hunch, and my hunch has to do with the, the principle of first. It may not be right, but uh, because it says this, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits. In the course of time, you know what, I get to it, God. You know, I got a busy week, you know. Uh, well, you know, this avocado is a little bit really mushy. I'm taking this one. I'm going to save the best for me. Some of the fruits in the course of time. But Abel brings the firstborn. The priority. I'm going to give God my best. And right from the beginning, all the way to the end, you see this idea of the principle of first. That when you put God first, it just opens up doors for God to bless. And we can look at lots of examples of Joshua. This was... Uh, when the Israelites entered the promised land. And the first city that they were going to take down, God says uh, uh, that, that, that all of that is to be given to God as an offering. All the, the things from the, the city were to be given to God as an offering. And he called them the devoted things. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any, any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and the iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. Again, he's trying to help these people to understand God needs to be first. God needs to be first. Again, not because God is trying to be mean or put harsh rules on you. He's saying, put me first because I want to bless you. This is the way it works. Put me first. I want to bless you, so bring, bring me the first. And so he says, when this first city is destroyed, the stuff goes into the, into the, uh, the, the tabernacle treasury. And when they returned to Joshua, they said, they scattered out the, the, the city, said, not all the army will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men to take it, and do not uh, worry the whole army, for only a few people live there. In other words, it's going to be an easy, easy battle. No problem. We got this one. So about three thousand went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai. Uh-oh. Why does it seem God's blessing is not with me? Why does it seem that, uh, that this, this uh, God's supernatural hand is almost working against me in this situation? Well, the Lord said to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing down in your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them in their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. It's because the, the principle of first was violated. They, they took the first things and they kept them for themselves. And we can do this. We can do this with our finances. Uh, we can just keep it all for myself. We can do this with, with our time. Keep it all for myself. It's always me first. We can do this with our energy because, well, I, you know, there's people out there I can serve, but i got to serve me first and I don't have time to help anybody else because i got so much stuff in my own life. And it just all becomes me, myself, and I rather than kingdom, rather than putting God and his kingdom and other people first. And of course, they repent. Uh, the stuff goes into uh, the, the tabernacle, and they go out in an easy victory. Because God's supernatural power was actually just, just for them. In Romans, it says it this way. If part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. And if the root is holy, then the branches are holy. In other words, the first batch, that first fruits, if you give them to God, it actually makes all the rest holy. 
If the root of your life, in terms of putting God first, you make that the root of first, all of a sudden, all the other stuff, it seems to be blessed. And there are so many testimonies of this in so many areas. You know, a husband and wife will say, you know, we just decided God's going to be first. And it's changed my marriage. It's transformed my marriage. You know, I decided that I'm going to give the first fruits, my, my tithes to God, and it's changed my financial world. You know, I've decided that I'm going to make sure I carve out time to, to serve people and serve the kingdom throughout the week. And it just seems I have more time. Because if part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. Uh, if the root is holy, then branches are also holy. I mean, if you say and give God away 10% of your time, that 90% is going to go a lot further than if you took that 100% yourself for yourself. Because when you give the first fruits to God, the rest is blessed. And, and we know this from financial world too, that, that 90% uh, kept because you give 10% to God, it goes further. That 90% tends to go further than 100% kept to ourselves. Because the dough offered as first fruits is holy and the rest becomes holy. This principle of first in, 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 in our relational world, emotional world, financial world, and all those things, the question is, are, are we putting God first in our life? It's one of the reasons why Sunday is the first day of the week. We know it's because of the resurrection. But it's also the idea of, of first fruits. What is the first thing we do Sunday? The first day of the week, let's go to church. Let's worship. Let's give this week over to God. And we come on the first day of the week, and we give it over to God, and it's like saying, God, I'm putting you first, and I can be doing a lot of other things. I can be sitting on the beach right now because it's nice out there, but i got to put you first. And, 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 and it's interesting how that, that changes the week. Now, some of you work on Sundays, but I just figure out how that works for you. Again, I'm not trying to lay down law or, or rules for you, but how can you put God first? In your day? How can you put God first in your week? How can you live a life where it just, where it just smells of God's first in my life? How does that work out in, in your own life? Again, one of our favorite quotes we use a lot. As God is exalted to the right place in our own lives, a thousand problems are solved all at once. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him. Notice this again. This is like this is principle of first, and then this promise of blessing. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. First uh, Chronicles 16:9 says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Again, God, the father's just like I got so much blessing in me, I just, I just got to get it out. What a blast, what a blast. And he's roaming, he's just looking. Man, whose heart is fully committed to me? Who is putting me first? Who, who is opening up doors for me to bless? Oh, there's someone. Look, right there. And, and, and he just, again, he wants to bless. He wants to bless you. And I'll just finish with this, Jeremiah 17. Blessed again, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I'm just going to read that again. What, what is God saying to you through this verse? Is there a phrase that sticks out? Is there something he's asking you to be or to become? 
Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. It, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I'm just going to give you just a few moments of the Holy Spirit. Uh, what is the Spirit saying to you uh, through what I've said? Or maybe he's just saying to you something else that I didn't say. But uh, what is he saying to you? Just take a moment to respond to the Holy Spirit. Uh, is, is, is there some, some way he's asking you to put him first? Is he, is he asking you to do something or to become something? So just take a moment as uh, Lyle comes up here. I'm going to finish too. Holy Spirit, we pray and speak to us about this. Father, we thank you this morning. You are a God of blessing. We thank you, God, that uh, you are good. And we thank you that we are your children. And God, that there is, is forgiveness and grace. And God, if any of us here maybe got the case of the guilties over this, God, I didn't mean to be hard. Uh, God, I thank you that you forgive and that you have so much grace. And even if we are at a low point in our life or in our relationships, God, that, that you say we can boldly go into your throne room of grace to receive help in our time of need. And God, we are all in need in various areas, and so we come into the throne room as your children. And God, in this throne room, our anxiety and our fear, they wash away. Any heaviness from sin is washed away. We thank you that you're breathing life into us. I think that your spirit is blowing new wind into our sails. God, we, we are your children, and deep down, we, we desire to put you first. Yet God, we know life is complicated, and it's busy, and it's hard. So God, I, I pray you would just work things out in our life that we might be able to just uh, apply this in whatever way, God, you want us to apply this. God, I know we are seated with you in heavenly realms, and I know we have every blessing, as Ephesians says, every blessing available to us in the heavenly realms. God, teach us to be people who, who pull up to that table. God, who are hungry for you. God, we're excited to see what you are going to do in our lives. We're excited, God, to see how... You continue to change this church as more and more of us put you as a priority. The more more of us are hungry for you, God, I thank you for what you're doing. So God, release your spirit on us in greater ways. And we thank you, God, that in your arms we are safe. We thank you, God, that in your arms uh, we can trust you. We can trust you 100%. You are good. In Jesus' name.